Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message. As I got older in my athletic uh, achievements and, and playing in college and even in pros and, and then now on the other side of things, uh, I was reminded recently about how important hydration is in regard to the contrast of being dehydrated. You know, one day I was up out and we were, we, we, we often don't have soda in the house, uh, depending on where you are, you, where you're from, you might call it soda, you might call it pop, you might call it soda pop, soda water, you know what we're talking about, all right, I've covered, I think I covered everybody, right, cola for my people, uh, that, what you call it that, whatever you call it, I'm going to call it soda, all right, covered all my bases. And we were outside playing. I came in, and we, 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 we rarely buy it. We had some in the house, and I just felt like, you know what? I don't want water. I want some soda, and I, I was drinking it. Went back outside playing, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm thirsty. Went back in, drunk some, drunk some more. As I playing, I went back in. I'm like, I'm dying out here, and I'm thinking like, okay, is it, uh, uh, you know, Father Time showing itself? You know, like, what's, what's going on here? And then I realized, like, oh, you know, we, we used to do the opposite. When I was, like, playing and, and working out for real, we drank water. You know, and I started to realize, like, I remember being a kid, the same thing. We had all the energy, and we'd be at one of our partner's house, and we, we playing basketball, and we shooting, and we just out there in the hot Texas sun in the summer, just crazy and ignorant as all outdoors. Why we out there at 2 p.m.? 112 degrees. We run in and grab a Dr. Pepper or a Coke or a Big Red. Ooh, Big Reds come through as a kid. Something about Big Red. I'm going to turn somebody on. Big Red as a kid. Woo! It's a treat. Somebody got Big Red. Like, so-and-so got Big Red. But his mama bought Big Red. Get a Big Red, you drink it, and we be out there dying. And run back in, and you just down it. Why? Because those carbonated drinks... With all that sugar and all that salt, it dehydrates you. So what we were looking for was our thirst to be quenched. Actually, it was working in the opposite direction. It was making us more thirsty and more thirsty and more thirsty. It wasn't satisfying our thirst. It was actually doing the opposite. It was hurting us. It was dehydrating us. That's why even now my kids be like, I'm thirsty. I'd be like, go get some water. They'd be like, I don't know water. I'm thirsty. If you're thirsty, go get water. If you want something nice to drink, then go get something nice to drink. You know, but you come to me and say, I'm thirsty. Daddy go say, go get some water. They be like, oh, water. Dad, I was talking about water, you know. But that, that's, that's, that's what's going to quench that thirst. I say that because we understand what it means to be thirsty. And we understand what it means for that thirst to be satisfied or that, to be quenched. You know, that's, that's, why, that's why the marketing slogan by Sprite is so great. It says, quench your thirst. It, what that's telling you is you got to keep buying more Sprite and drinking more Sprite. Why? Because it's working the opposite direction. It's genius. Go out. They in the business of money. They don't want you to be satisfied. They want you to be thirsty. Buy another one. 
We understand that when it comes to thirst, when it comes to physical drink. What's interesting is there are things in life that we are chasing. There are positions that we are thirsty for. There are relationships that we are thirsty for. There are financial situations that we are thirsty for. There are body types in which we are thirsty for. And we chase and we chase and we chase and we do all these things and find out no matter how much and where we go, it's never satisfied. It's never met. We can't quench it. Matter of fact, the more we chase after it, the worse it gets. This opening in the book of Ecclesiastes dresses, addresses, sorry, addresses this very thing when it comes to life in the pursuits of humanity and gives us some insight of how we are to think and what perspective we ought to have on the things of the world and what this world actually has to offer us. And we're going to look at this first chapter of Ecclesiastes, and we're going to read through it together. Y'all know how we like to do Rock Fellowship, right? We're going to read some scripture. So we're going to look at these first 18 verses in Ecclesiastes. Now, this is wisdom literature. This is, uh, some of it is written in a poetic fashion, but you're going to start to pick up on what's being communicated that's said in very figurative ways. It starts off in verse 1 and says, The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Israel. Absolute futility, says the teacher. Absolute fertility. Everything is futile. What does a person gain for all his efforts that he labors at under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, panting, it returns to the place where it rises. Gusting to the south, turning to the north, turning, turning goes the wind, and the wind returns in its cycles. All the streams flow to the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are wearisome. More than anyone can say, the eye is not satisfied by seeing or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be and what has been done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. Can one say about anything? Look, this is new. It has already existed in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of those who came before and of those who will come after. There will also be no remembrance by those who follow them. I, the teacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to examine and explore through wisdom all that is done under heaven. God has given people this miserable task to keep them occupied. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun and have found everything to be futile in a pursuit of the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, see, I have amassed wisdom far beyond all those who were over Jerusalem before me. And my mind has thoroughly grasped wisdom and knowledge. I applied my mind to know wisdom and knowledge. Madness and folly. I learned that this too 
is a pursuit of the wind. For with much wisdom is much sorrow as knowledge increases, grief increases. Today's title is unsatisfactory. Say unsatisfactory. We have this opening chapter written by what is attributed and thought to be and, and most likely King Solomon. And when we read in King Solomon's um, um, genealogy, he's a son of David. Uh, we see in the historical narrative that he became king. David made him king, announced him king, prepared him. Uh, he was the one that was going to be building the temple. David gave him the plans to build the temple of God in Jerusalem. Um, we see that Solomon prayed and God told him, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. He asked for wisdom. He made Solomon the wisest person in the whole wide world. He was a wise king. He was so wise that kings and royalty from all over would come to visit to hear him speak. He was a very smart and wise person. And with all that wisdom, he writes this book called Ecclesiastes, and we see that what we hear him write about, and over these next few weeks, everything he says sounds almost the exact opposite of what we would expect from someone who's amassed all this wisdom. And what we find out that he's like, all the things that we do in this life, everything that we can accomplish on earth, anything that can happen in creation, you know what? It's futile. Some of your verses or versions of your Bibles may say vanity. Some of them may say meaningless. Because when we think about a standard of significance, we think about what actually matters. What lasts? The word that he's using here that's translated uh, here, futile, and, and some of, like I said, our versions may say vanity. It's a word that's hard to translate in English because it depends on a lot contextually what's being communicated. But this is one of the things it's communicating is this. It doesn't last. It's transitory. It's, it's here now and gone tomorrow. It's like a trend. You ever looked at some old pictures of yourself and thought like, Man, I thought I had it going on. Why didn't let me walk around just like that? Why did I have those pants on? Why did I have that hairstyle? You look at that hairstyle and like, man, we went, when we went high school, that hairstyle was fire. Now your kids look at you and laugh. Like, y'all look crazy. Doesn't last. It doesn't last. He said, everything, and it's interesting. When you look at this passage, it starts off. He calls himself teacher. Some, some of your versions may say kohelet because it's, it's this, this Hebrew word. It's, that's actually hard to translate. But really, he says, I'm this speaker and I'm giving instructions. It's dealing with, I'm going to speak authoritatively on this subject. And verse 2, he makes a declaration. Verse 3, asks a question. And verses 4 through 11, give an answer to the question asked in verse 3. He declares... All this stuff we experience in humanity, futile. Now, I'm asking a question. What do we gain for all this effort and achievement that we go for in this life? That's the question. Verses 4 through 11 give the answer. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Time for Your Checkup, with your donation to the ministry. 
This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L Jones dot O-R-G and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. So when we talk about significance, when I talk about what matters, I want you to think about something. Think about how we roll in humanity. (laughs) I'm always amazed by this when it comes to sports, whatever sport you think of. When it comes to sports, Right now, we're in the, the, the playoffs, NBA playoffs. I believe it's also the playoffs for hockey. So if you're in the hockey, you're you watching that too, you know. But you want to know what I notice that every time the champion is crowned, I mean, right when they win, reporter will come up and ask, how you feel? I mean, we feel great, man. We worked so hard. Do you think you're going to win it again next year? It's like, hold on, man. We're like, we won 10 seconds ago. Can I at least... Like celebrate for a little moment. I remember years ago when, 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 when Kobe Bryant and his team had won and Kobe had experienced his fifth championship. He came to the podium. He had his trophy. He, I think he had one of his kids with him. He's celebrating. He's drenched from all the celebrating and the, the libations that were poured all over the, you know, the locker room. I'm not going to say what it was, but you know, they, they celebrating in the locker room. And he comes to the podium. He got his hat on and he's sitting there and they were like, you won five. Can you win six? And he said, can I like celebrate for a day? We'll be in the middle of, it'll be football season in the middle of the playoffs and they talking about somebody contract that's going to expire two years from now and they talking about what team they're going to be on in two years. I'm like, dude, is playing right now. And it shows you how significant it is. It shows you how significant. I, I remember there was a time and it, this stuff don't last, right? It's futile. It's, it's, it's here today, gone tomorrow. There was a time where somebody would ask for my autograph. There was a time. Nobody wants that anymore. It is worth zero. I mean, nobody. There was a time we would go certain places and they, they let me in free. Get in free. Now they're like, sir, uh, where are you going to get in line? Uh, admission is so-and-so dollars. I'm sitting there like, man, what happened? Kia, that's why I love Kia right there. I love you, sis. Like nobody, this stuff, it it doesn't last. And this is this is the point that's being made. He's not saying that everything is futile. What he's saying is a lot of things that we think matter in life really really doesn't. It really doesn't. Really, when we start to measure up what's like a really a big deal, it's not that big a deal. Not that big a deal. I want you to think about, think about this. We're celebrating graduations, high school graduations right now, right? Seniors in high school, man, they're getting senior books. They, they buying class rings. You know, you're getting all this stuff. Do you think I wear a high school class ring today? Matter of fact, I'm kind of mad. I'm like, man, we wasted some money. Hey, to buy that? No, I hate to be throwing salt in the game. I know some of my kids, Dad, I want a class ring. You really know how I feel about it right now. Uh, we might get it, you know, I don't, I don't know, but stuff don't last. It doesn't last. It's not that big a deal. You can get a, a husband can buy the prettiest bouquet of flowers. Just wait a few days. 
They're saying that they're saying beautiful bouquet would be right there in the trash with all the other trash. Throw it out. Doesn't last. And this is the point he's getting at when we start to measure significance. We have to change our definitions when it comes to what we think is significant. Because when it comes to earthly achievements, when it comes to human efforts at our best, it's, it's, it's futile. It's, it's vanity. It doesn't last. He's making this statement because what the writer of this book What God wants us to know when it comes to this Holy Spirit inspired book is he wants us to have the proper perspective on our lives. He doesn't want us to diminish good things that we experience, but don't place them in the place of God. Don't think that they are all that. Don't think that they have lasting value because right now at the height of it, satisfaction is never attained. This is what he's getting at. He's using all these statements, verses 4 through 11, and he's given all these uh, cycles that occur through creation. And he's making this statement showing that it starts, it stops, it starts over. It starts, stops, go, start over. Start, stops, go. It, it's just ongoing. It's, there's no conclusion to it. It's, there's no, we made it. You know, some people, they'll go out, they'll get a job, they'll buy a house, and we made it. And a few months later, it's like, man, we ain't made it yet. Let's keep grinding. He's giving these statements in 4 through 11. He's going through all these types of scenarios throughout creation to show when it comes to generations. Generation comes, generation goes. Generation comes, generation goes. You know what's interesting about generations? Whatever generation you're in, you think the generation before you don't know nothing, and the generation after you are idiots. Let's, let's go and keep it real. Like, like now, our older generation, the older generation now, the, whoever the oldest generation is today, they look at us and they like, these idiots. These, idi- these are the idiots I'm counting on to make sure I'm good. You know, and if you like in the middle, you sitting there like, yeah, them folk, but the, the, our elders, they ain't even know what they was doing, so we're going to get it right. We're going to make it right. Everything's going to be like it's supposed to be. And then you, we look at the generation below us and we like, Lord, help us. These idiots don't know a thing. And then the youngest generation, they look at everybody else like, y'all so old. Y'all so old. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know what y'all, y'all, y'all don't understand what we're dealing with. There's a, there's a great book for y'all that like to read and you like science stuff. There's a, there's a, 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 an academic named Dembski, and he wrote a book called How to, be Fu- How to Be an Intellectually Fulfilled Atheist, parentheses, or not. And what he's, he's a scientist and theologian. He's a former professor at MIT. He writes on physics and theology and all these different things. And it's, it's really cool stuff if you're into, kind, in, into that kind of stuff. But what that whole book is about is he walks through all these issues dealing with Darwinian evolutionary theory and those that claim to be fulfilled intellectuals and he says they're all liars because they start from a place of life and every scientific model that tries to come up with the origin of life have every single one failed they have no explanation for life where does life come from 
What is its origination? They have zero explanation. And everything they've tried has utterly failed. What he's saying is, we can't achieve the knowledge to know. It has to be revealed. And that's when he points to God has spoken. The origin of life is God himself. The giver of life. He makes that statement and he doesn't actually go and quote Ecclesiastes. But this is what the writer of Ecclesiastes is picking up is that God would allow us to search and search and search. I, you start look up, we go on YouTube and look up scientific atheists that came to faith in Jesus. You can type it in different ways. Came to faith in Jesus based off of science. I was just watching one recently. He was studying all these things when it came to uh, physics and quantum physics. And he came to the point to be like, yeah, we reached to the point that we're like, man, there's no more answers. It's the, the, the only answer is, is, is God. Now, the next question is, who is God? And that's why God has made himself known in Jesus and his revealed word. This is what the writer of Ecclesiastes is letting us know is that God has allowed us and given us all this to occupy us so that we can find out at best, this world can't satisfy. And you can chase and you can learn and you can go. And matter of fact, the more you learn, the more grief and sorrow you're going to have because you're going to find out it doesn't deliver. Now, this doesn't mean be an idiot, be dumb, be incompetent, don't learn anything. That is not what he's saying. What he's saying is don't place your hopes in it. There's a young lady one time, part of her journey to come on to know Christ was because she realized post knowing Christ is that she had an idol of good grades. Problem came is when she got her final degree, there were no more good grades to get. She defined her success and who she was based off of being top of the class. Well, you graduated now, where's your identity? And she found herself in a deep depression because what defined her was no longer in existence. And God used that to call her unto himself. He's saying, this world can't satisfy. You need the Lord. And matter of fact, wisdom and intelligence itself won't satisfy you. We need the Lord. You know, this is how he's opened up the book. He's about to take us on a roller coaster ride through this book. He's taking us on a roller coaster and he's going to look at different specific aspects of life and say, we try to chase it and we find out, oh man, that let me down too. And this is what he has to say at the conclusion of the book. I want you to jump every week. We're gonna, each time we go through this, we're going to go to the conclusion of the book because it's all together, right? It's all together. This is what he says at the very end in Ecclesiastes 12. Right in the book, the last couple of verses, he makes this statement. It's going to be on the screen as well, but I'm going to turn here in my, in my Bible. So, with today, talking about the world at its best, futile. All that the world has to offer under this sun when it comes to this life, futile. Transport, done last, done quench, unsatisfactory. And this is what he says right in the, the book. Based off all that, when all has been heard and the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commands because this is for all humanity. For God will bring every act of judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. His conclusion as he goes through this whole book is that we chase this world, we go through all this. You know what? At the end of the day, fear God, obey his word. That's it. That's it. 
That's it. We're going to, because at the end of the day, when all this goes away, this whole world goes away, all of humanity, we got to stand before the Lord. So while we do all these things and we enjoy what God has given us, may we keep things in proper perspective. Jesus himself in Matthew 6 told him in the Beatitudes, he makes this statement. He says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. If you are looking to be filled and satisfied, it's in your search of him. His righteousness. Relationship with him. That's where you find satisfaction. That's where you find fulfillment. You're looking for fulfillment in that job, it will never satisfy. You're looking for fulfillment, a wholeness in that romantic relationship, won't satisfy. You're looking for fulfillment and entertainment or achieving a higher position, won't satisfy. It's going to be found in him. That's where you're hungry and thirsty. Make sure you're hungry and thirsting for the right thing. And it's him and his righteousness. And it's in that that you find fulfillment. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just the first half of today's message in the current series, Chasing After the Wind. 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear the second half of today's message, tune in tomorrow, same place, same time. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.